Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hi, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey, what's going on? Girl, when I tell you I have the river stuck in my head because of this show, Mm. (laughs) all I think is Riley's character, the river, the river. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Definitely some good music throughout this series. And this is not even really my genre of music that I gravitate towards. It was the songwriting, though. Some really good songwriting. I agree. We're talking about Daisy Jones and the Six. It is an Amazon Prime original series based off of the best-selling novel by Taylor Jenkins Reid, Daisy Jones and the Six. It premiered March 3rd, 2023. Here's a quick summary. In 1977, Daisy Jones and the Six were on the top of the world. The band had risen from obscurity to fame. And then after a sold out show at Chicago's Soldiers Field, they called it quits. Now, decades later, the band members agreed to reveal the truth. I'm so excited. (laughs) This series stars Riley Keough as Daisy Jones, Sam Claflin as Billy Dunn, Camilla Morone as Camilla, Will Harrison as Graham Dunn. We have Suki Waterhouse as Karen Serko, Karen Karen for people who read the book, Josh Whitehouse as Eddie Roundtree, Sebastian Chacon as Warren. We have Abby Abby as Simone Jackson and Tom Wright as Teddy. When it comes to producers, Reese Witherspoon, Hello Sunshine, Ring the Bell. This series, according to Rotten Tomatoes, got 69% from the critics, 82% from audience, and Google users gave the show 95%. Ashley, What's your grade for Daisy Jones and the Six? It's an A for me this week, guys. I really enjoyed my first watch through this series. Like, I was hooked. I remember telling you, like, oh, it's so good. Like, I am am anticipating the next episodes. Like, I need to know what's going to happen. Second watch didn't move me quite as much, probably just because I was distracted or just wasn't, you know, knew what was happening versus that anticipation the first time of like, okay, how's this story really going to unfold? But it was so compelling just as a series. I thought the story was done so well. I enjoyed the live performance aspect that they had throughout the studio sessions, all of it. Like it really felt like I got a chance to see inside of the 
creation as well as unfortunate breakup of this band, you know, and I was invested throughout in terms of everyone's individual stories as well as the collective story. So I thought it was really, really well done. What about you? This series gets an A for me as well. As I mentioned in my Hidden Gems several months ago, listening to this audiobook was one of the, the most fascinating and enjoyable experiences because it was a book that had so many voice actors playing the different roles. And it was so well written to where I'm like, did this band actually exist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and obviously there's a lot of comparisons to Fleetwood Mac. You mentioned that this isn't really your genre, but I adore Fleetwood Mac and I'm very much aware of the drama behind the scenes as well. But yeah, it's almost like a mystery that you're just trying to unfold. And so knowing what happens in the book and seeing what happens in the show was was a joy that I didn't feel like it took away from my experience. If anything, I was just trying to capture what was different But the costumes and the makeup, again, 70s is not my favorite aesthetic, (laughs) but I was just So much of that is like, again, popular right now, though. That's the thing. Like Daisy's outfits, I was like, girls are wearing that again today. So true. Guys are not afraid to grow out their hair, especially Camilla, too. Camilla's look, I definitely would see some girls looking like her. Really enjoyed it well-written, well-performed. I think Riley was pitch perfect as Daisy. Like when I saw the previews and I saw her in it, I was like, yo, this is brilliant. And I didn't even know that she was Elvis' granddaughter. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that before until, you know, recently as well after the loss of Lisa Marie. Yeah, I had seen her in other projects, but never saw her get to flex this muscle. And she was fantastic. She's a star, baby. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that being said, spoiler alert. All right, Ashley. This series is set up like a documentary and we get a lot of flashbacks. I love that it gets you so hyped up about October 4th, 1977, the Soldier Field the biggest concert ever and it being their absolute last because you're just like what the hell happened mm-hmm. <laughs> and then really oh on... they haven't spoken about this in 20 years it's like... 20 years and it's like but you're talking about it now and shout out to soldiers field because i'm gonna be there to see beyonce so i'm wow. like yay Ismit. <laughs> sure sure <laughs> All right. So episode one, we are introduced to Daisy as well as the Dunn brothers on their journey to 1977. We have, I like to call her Daisy, the lost little rich girl. I mean, I hate to say it, but she's the only child of wealthy people. And one of the first things we see her mother tell her is nobody wants to hear your voice. And I feel like that is symbolic of her journey throughout this entire series. She grows up and as a teenager, she becomes very curious and gets into the music scene, which is, we have always known, it's not a safe place for young women to be. She decides that she wants to change her name 
So she goes from Margaret to Daisy. She starts writing music because she has faith in herself. She wants to be a songwriter. What really kills me, again, in this interaction with her mom, her mom gets a hold of her journal, invading her privacy, and then Daisy still wants to ask her mom for her opinion. And her mom just simply says, you're a pretty girl. Ashley, what are your first impressions of Daisy and her upbringing? Seems very lonely. You can have all the things. It doesn't mean that you have happiness or fulfillment. And to not have the love of your parents, and particularly that mother-daughter bond, really made me sad for Daisy. I guess the the best way to think about it for me when I was watching this scene, these scenes is like... It took a lot of strength for Daisy, despite the misstep she makes, to be able to still move forward when you don't have that foundation of love. Because Mm. then how do you ever learn to really love yourself? Because the first people that are supposed to show you that unconditional love are your parents. So I guess I hope because you're an extension of them, right? So you hope (laughs) that they love you. So I guess it just kind of made me start out with this want to take care of Daisy type of vibe because of the fact that she didn't have anybody taking care of her. We go to Pittsburgh where we meet the Dunn brothers. Graham is the one who has the idea to start a band. And what I love and noted here is that he was the romantic from the beginning He got his little heart broken and he feels like this band could help get his mind off of that or possibly get her back. Who knows? Billy is Graham's older brother who everyone looks up to. Yeah. (laughs) What I love is is like these geeky boys want to create a band. They're awful. They enlist Billy uh, for his help because he's a quote unquote natural leader or we could just simply say bossy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's older. And I feel like people just have a natural inclination to like listen to someone who's older, especially in those ages. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. They they do well. They call themselves the Dumb Brothers. They're local heroes of some sort. They play at weddings. Um, unfortunately, at one of the weddings, they saw their father for the first time. And what we know um, up until this point is it's their mother and the two brothers in their household and their father has been gone since Graham was four years old. That interaction with their dad was definitely unnerving, Ashley. I was like, oh, so child abandonment is just a running theme in this movie. Twin flames, Ashley. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Twin flames. Mm And fatherhood is a sore spot, something else to take note of for Billy as well, because he didn't have that example. Also, by the end of this episode, Billy runs into his future wife, Camilla. Now, the way Camilla played it as if she didn't know who he was and asking for the basket, I'm like, bravo, sis, bravo. Camilla did what she had to do because she begged Billy Dunn, which was a big deal in Pittsburgh. Doesn't um, hurt that she's a very attractive woman either. <laughs> you know that's Leo's girlfriend. Yes. 
the, the longest relationship that he had. It was, we actually talked about it in one of our hot topics where it's like, Leo has broken up with his longest relationship because she's 26 years old. <laughs> what I love is that before I only knew her as that and now I get to see her talent right like exactly I don't even think about when I was watching the series I didn't think about her association with Leonardo DiCaprio she blew me away as Camilla I thought she was exceptional I'm not gonna lie it did sadden me a little bit though because she um she didn't have as many projects before until now but to your point completely killed it as Camilla in this series and again she's gorgeous first impressions of the dunn brothers ashley first impressions of the dunn brothers again my thoughts about child abandonment i was like oh so everybody's parents just wasn't shit uh, <laughs> definitely that mirror between the two storylines of them and daisy but i thought they seemed like they had a really good relationship which i enjoyed and liked um in terms of just billy and his bro- and graham's dynamic Mm -hmm. That was an interesting choice to name the band the Dunn Brothers because there's There's two multiple people in this band. Exactly. (laughs) And only two of y'all are brothers, but it just showed immediately kind of a dynamic of Billy, to your point, uh, one could say bossy or one could say is the star of this situation, at least as of now. And he acted accordingly. So I rubbed up against Billy quite a bit in terms of my thoughts about him like on the one hand uh at, even as we start the series I'm like okay every usually every group has that somebody who kind of outshines or that people gravitate towards lead singer energy big dick energy whatever you want to call it but sometimes I felt like he was missing a sensitivity chip as Jen Anderson once said of Brad Pitt interesting and I'll bring this up again but You know, in the book, I didn't have a strong opinion about Billy as much as I do now. And I don't know, watching it a second time, I really had a short fuse with Billy and his antics. I'll just say that. Yeah. Episode two, I'll take you there. The Dumb Brothers are now in LA. They lost their keyboard as to... um, living a provincial life essentially he decided to go to school to be a dentist and not become a rock and roll superstar and they pick up karen they are able to land a gig at a local bar for eight to nine months but they were not getting paid talking about hustling every day every day we are hustling okay yep it's very obvious though that billy starts drinking heavily in this particular moment in time of the band and the band gets a name change they are no longer known as the dunn brothers but the six what are your thoughts on camilla's role in the band during my first watch i considered whether or not i felt like she should have followed them whether this Mm -hmm. was what was best for her. But ultimately, as a photographer, it's amazing that you get to chronicle the rise and success of this band and do it with the person that you've fallen in love with and all of that. So it took me a minute because to your point that you all usually make shouldn't follow a man. And so I, <laughs> I tend to generally feel that way. Like what, what is also going to be best for you? 
-hmm. But looking at it in terms of, again, her career, what she was interested in, and the fact that this was her, you know, somebody she loved, it made sense. And I love that to me, Camilla ended up really being the glue that Mm -hmm. kept them a family unit for as long as they were. Like everybody individually had great relationships with her. Some inappropriate, (laughs) but everybody had great relationships. She was even the reason why Karen originally agreed to join the band so yes I mean she was the heart she was the heartbeat of of the group even though she was not a member she is what really brought them held them together in my opinion Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because in the book she was not a photographer um she was a cocktail waitress that Billy picked up during a wedding gig and so I think it's interesting how some of the choices that were made in the show to make it more digestible, I guess, in some ways. And also maybe enrich her character, right? Because true, you want her possibly in a series to, for the people who adapt the series to be a fully formed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Camilla is such an important character she that I is. can't imagine, you know, not, I don't agree with all her choices in the series, but that would have been a harder sale for me if she would have just been, you know, running up under Billy the whole time. Right. I agree. Graham sees Teddy going into a store and gets Billy to follow after. Billy is able to convince Teddy to give his band a try. They nailed it. They get to record an album and go on tour. And right before they go on tour, they found out that Camilla is pregnant. I do appreciate Billy's decision to just go ahead and put a ring on it (laughs) just because I I know it's old school thinking it was the seventies people, but I think it showed the type of person he, he wanted to be when it, when it comes to like his responsibility and, and this woman that he, he loves. I think that's the point. The person he wanted to be not necessarily always, always the person he was girl. The person, <laughs> that is a as- runny thing. <laughs> the person he aspired to be for sure oh my he gets spooked when graham reminds him that he's going to be a dad and boy oh boy he started hitting that liquor they go on tour ashley and camilla decides to pop up on them and what she saw my mouth was on the floor ashley Bro, she didn't just decide to pop up. She knew something was off. Less frequent calls. Yep. Everybody ducking her when she calls. Hey, where's Billy? Uh, I'm He's sorry, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. The vibe was off. So when she popped up, I was like, I already know something really bad is about to be happening. But I didn't expect it to be sex, drugs, and rock and roll this Girl. early. <laughs> like my guy in here about to have a threesome with some groupies nasty with a whole wife pregnant at home so that's what i'm saying me and billy we we had some problems (laughs) i was like eight no way and what did she do she was like i refuse to have you ruin our lives I was like, whoo! She's like, I don't care what you do before this baby, get it out your system before the baby gets here. No, no, there's no way. 
No, 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 no way I'm living without you. That's what was running in Camilla's head. <laughs> but she's like, you're going to also get your shit together in the process. You're not only going to clean up your system, but you're going to do me right. <laughs> yeah. It's always so easy to sit back and judge people in these situations and be like, I would never... I don't know what I would do if I had married this man pregnant with his child. I'm in love with him and I bust him in this situation. It's so easy to say what one thinks one would do. Yeah. So watching this scene, I'm like, is this for the best? Again, I didn't read the book. Is he going to continue his ways? Are you, are they just going to have you a woman scorn throughout the series and have to deal with all his shit? Which was really going to disappoint and devastate me if that was the case, because I get so frustrated with this running theme of women always need to be the backbone while men do horrible Girl. things to us. Like, like we are just expected to take shit and eat it. Yep. Because we're supposed to be the ones that are the nurturers and forgiving and all these things. Fuck that. For the birds. Women do not deserve these things. Women do not deserve this pain. Women do not deserve this suffering. And Billy was horrible for doing this to her while she was pregnant. Women oh. are so sensitive when they're especially pregnant. They're dealing with so much. Yes. They're, they're growing a human being. She could have went into labor with that type of stress. It was so disappointing. So I know I just so went off a little bit, guys. I apologize. But I just... I was just listening to the video, the interview with Derek, whatever, Jackson's ex, whatever Girl, that dude's name is. And I'm like, his I'm wife. so tired of women having to deal with this shit. <laughs> like, it's just so sad. So. The clips I saw were sad. Yeah. But to the credit of the comments I saw, at least on the Shade Room's post, that's why I said it's easy to sit back and judge these situations, right? I felt like people were very sympathetic and also encouraging of the fact that at least she it has the strength to speak this truth because so many people deal with this stuff in secret and in silence. And would never let a soul know. Yeah. Yeah. This is my biggest question from this episode. What is the difference between being an enabler and having your friend, your loved one live through their shit? like live through the consequences of their actions. Are you speaking about Camilla being an enabler or his friends and family his band friends members? and family and band members. So for me, I think in this case, it was such early days of the band. It was their first tour. They were all kind of living this lifestyle to a certain extent. Nobody, I don't think in excess as much as Billy. Right. So it may have been difficult to point the finger at somebody when it's like y'all are doing the same things as me though I'm just the only one who's married so it could be could have been one of those factors also power power dynamics within the band Billy's the True. songwriter True. Billy is the front man, front man. yeah for Graham more complicated that's my brother I obviously have loyalty to my brother so I think it's complicated and y'all know I love higher learning Van I've heard him say multiple times it's not fair to put the bad actions of somebody else on others yeah uh, depends on the circumstances for me 
But in this case, I think I understood. I would have been hurt if I was Camilla, but I think I understood why none of them knew how to navigate that enough to intervene and stop it. Right. Mm. It was, And think about it, too. One thing Graham says is that at that time, we didn't know that much about drugs or alcohol. He was like, oh, we just thought you had to dry yourself out versus yeah. like addiction, you know, understanding is, addiction. Yeah, right. Wasn't discussed the way it's discussed today. Also in this episode, we are introduced to Simone singing. I felt like with her type of sound, it was giving me Roberta Flack and Daisy. Simone, des- Simone deserved a spinoff. Okay. Simone was phenomenal. Shout out to, to you, sis. And we have Daisy, who was giving me Joni Mitchell vibes. I love blue. <laughs> and definitely see that. And Teddy was in the audience and he pretty much told Daisy, hey, I can help you. I can help shape your sound. And we get the famous pushback. I don't want to be shaped and walked away. I thought this was very enlightening on how Daisy is when it comes to it's like with her, it's always about her voice, right? And whether or not people are taking it away from her. It's about her voice and her power at the end of the day, right? Product I, of her I childhood. Do, <laughs> I do feel like she had the, the ability to charm people because she was a white woman in the 70s, but a rich one at that. An attractive <laughs> one at that. An attractive one. <laughs> but there was something to her did you did you pick up on her her it factor her x factor yeah last but obviously not least she was actually talented right like Mm, there's a confidence that she has that is deserved because she knows she's actually talented everybody else may not have recognized it to the extent that they will but when you have a guy stealing your lyrics yes when you have people wanting to use your lines that you say you know you have something, right? So my thing with Daisy has nothing to do with her recognizing her worth. That's not my issue with Daisy. I <laughs> champion her recognizing her worth and telling these men, I'm listen. laughing because I know where you're going. Yeah, but telling these <laughs> men, listen, I am not the muse. I am the person who needs them, who, who uses the muse, okay? Exactly. I am the yes. somebody. I think that's specifically what you say. I am the somebody. champion that girl do your thing let's go ahead and get into episode three Graham picks billy up for rehab and it's an emotional time because camilla had the baby and she was all by herself when billy was out here getting effed up on that tour and billy is dealing with some major regret and grief of missing the first three months of his daughter julia life's It's when Graham just had a throwaway line of like, oh yeah, it's when she cries, but not when she has gas, when she's actually hungry. And, you know, when you're around a kid, you know the difference between the different cries and things like that. And Billy loses it. But girl, he gets home to Camilla and he doesn't want to pick up this baby. He wants out of the band he doesn't even want to tell them in person. He asked Graham to do it for him. I'm like, where are your balls, sir? 
It's tough for me with Billy. I recognize his humanity. I recognize his struggle. But I also recognize that he has made mistakes and that there are consequences for those mistakes. And in this case, when he started crying because of what Graham said, when he comes home and feels the cold shoulder from Camilla, in my opinion, those that was deserved. He also, you have to feel the consequences of your actions. He also lost out on the label. They had to return their advances after they canceled that tour, Ashley. Hit them in the wallet as well. What I was thinking is like, are you going to be Tristan Thompson type or nah? In what way, Ashley? Are you going to be better and actually do better? Or are you just going to talk, get back in and good graces, and then keep doing the same shit you was doing? Because some people, they talk a good game. They make it seem like they've changed their ways. But then they keep they keep going down the same rabbit hole that they that got them into the mess they were in. So at this point, I was like, which way are we about to go, Billy? Seemed like he was making strides to be better and do better and change in various ways, but I didn't know. Shout out to Graham for keeping the band together in Billy's absence during the rehab. It was his band. (laughs) If we want to be technical. (laughs) Very true, Ashley. Um, I will say the parts of the um, episode that had me cracking up is when they were looking for a new band, a lead. Those auditions were hilarious. Yeah, they were pretty bad. No women, though. No women. That's very true. And that's very reminiscent of the 70s, (laughs) unfortunately. Billy decides to pick up the music again. And he writes a song. Teddy reminded him like yo you burned a lot of bridges but teddy's a real one and he he does take his song to the execs and they were like now we good but in a late night conversation with daisy who has already gotten her first demo she overhears billy's song and teddy you know asked her to make some tweaks to it the six are able to record and Daisy shows up. I have in my notes, this is where two worlds collide. (laughs) (laughs) She shows up asking for a glass of whiskey and a glass of milk. Gross. (laughs) My stomach hurt just hearing it. I'm like, how does this help anyone's vocal cords? Like Aretha would never. Aretha didn't even allow air conditioning because it would hinder her vocal performance. Mm. Let alone dairy. I bet you Beyonce hadn't had dairy in like 25 years. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> this first session with Daisy is something else because Billy is losing his sugar honey iced tea. He was like, We're singing this song, but do you not know the lyrics? Can somebody give me a pen? Because uh, <laughs> I meant to say a minute ago, though, Dairy is the least of Daisy's worries. She's a drug addict. Like, Girl, heavy user. <laughs> <laughs> she changes his lyric from, I know we can get it all back to, we make a good thing bad. What did you think about the change in the lyrics? Well, I thought 
her perspective was interesting. And again, this is why I have no issue with Daisy when it comes to the work, because Billy was such a force in personality that had she not also had that personality and that dynamic, he would have run over her Easily. and their music would have suffered for it. In my opinion, like at the end of the day, they needed Daisy. Daisy ain't need them. True. If, we're, if we're honest. So, True. you know, I, I liked what, and what the song became obviously but I also like her point of view of like what you're saying right now is like a, a statement it should be a conversation yes she was like so it's a, it's about redemption it's like okay it's about guilt I'm like I'm not a songwriter but I know that there are those folks who have that ability to reach right into you you know with their words and even sometimes speak on things in their songs that you just didn't know had that there was a way to put it right and daisy had that i agree i agree i knew there was a red flag when at the end of the day camilla asked billy how was the day and he said it was a nightmare and daisy said it was the best day of her life my question to you ashley is is daisy becoming his new drug oh that's a good question not at this point I didn't think so at this point I didn't know what to expect except the knowing smiles they gave during their interviews when they were talking about that first meet I was like oh this shit's about to be an affair you know like it's about to get real messy because music is a very intimate thing even it's just very, as a listener, let alone yes. creating it, right? Nice. I say yes. I say yes because he was so weary of her. It was like if you had put a bottle of Jack Daniels in front of Billy, he would have reacted the same way. Mm. So he saw her immediately as temptation is what you think. Yes. Mm. Touche. Episode four. The band has a festival in Hawaii. This was a performance-driven episode and honestly, one of my favorites. Can I interject real quick? Who drives a bus to Hawaii? I don't think you can get to Hawaii. Can you just go from Cali to Hawaii by car? No. I'm like... I've been they to did Hawaii. say Hawaii though. I didn't yeah, mishear no, that. Yeah, for sure. I was like, I've been to Hawaii. I don't think you can get there just by vehicle. I could the, be wrong. There isn't a bridge or a tunnel. Yeah, I could be wrong. Somebody let me know. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. Billy, being the lead of the six, was very adamant about Daisy knowing her place coming in on the fourth song. She did not wait into the fourth song and they sang Honeycomb, which brought down the house, and she stayed on stage. At the very end of their performance, of course, he was pissy. He said, <laughs> did you not know which song to come in? I said the fourth. She was like, oh, no. They all sounded the same to me. Stayed. Took me out. Took me out. One of the lines that stood out to me for this episode i forgot who said it but it's i think it was graham he would never admit to needing anybody so the fact that no daisy Daisy said that did daisy say thank you the fact that daisy added to their performance he just was so stubborn he didn't want to acknowledge it 
It's also a lack of respect, in my opinion. I don't feel like he respected Daisy yet. Mm, true. Very true. Any other thoughts about this festival? I don't think so. I thought it was funny how uh, he was uh, talking to Daisy before they started and trying to like work out his nerves because this was his first time returning to the stage since his rehab stint and all of that. Yes. And basically that was the first interaction where you kind of saw, I wouldn't say the mirrors that they have between the two of them, but kind of where it's like we're suffering the same kind of thing right now for different reasons, but we're kind of suffering through the same thing. So let, let me let me talk to you so I can kind of work through this emotion that I'm having sort of thing. So it was just interesting to me. Yeah. Simone realizes that her voice was stolen. Facts. That's, that is happened. That did happen. And she is gutted. Rightfully so. She decided to go to New York and see Bernie. Bernie is a woman she met at one of the parties that she and Daisy attended. So there's party hosted by Camilla and Billy. It's a coming together in their new home because the single was so popular. They were able to finally get out of that dusty house in LA. We didn't really talk much about that, but (laughs) they were like, yeah, we got this house, even though the person who lived there recently died. (laughs) And they put Karen in that dead woman's room. Yes. Wrong. (laughs) So wrong. But I don't know how great this house is because they end up having a blackout, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which ended up being a, a very memorable moment because, of course, they decided to light some candles and sing in the dark. Daisy shows up and, you know, there's this conversation of whether or not she should join the band. Of course, Billy is resistant to it. Camilla sees the value in it. One of the things that stood out to me for the end of this episode where Camilla tells Daisy, we are a family and we take care of each other. And Daisy was like, do they? That's not my experience. I'm like, my heart breaks. It's broken. Mine didn't because in that moment, I'm like, Camilla's trying to welcome you and trying to show you some respect and loyalty that she's expecting a return particularly when it comes to her husband and your response (laughs) in that scene told me everything that I need to know about you moving forward so true so true all right let's go ahead and get into episode five this is where it starts getting juicy because they start recording the album so I have my notes. New band member, power dynamics. <laughs> so Billy is used to being the monarch of the band. And Daisy comes in and insists that it becomes a democracy. So you have everything from African drums <laughs> to a piano vocal solo being thrown at Billy. And he is looking like he's going to have a conniption, Ashley. Teddy comes in and really gets everyone into shape and tells Billy and Daisy to go off and write songs together. Did you know that something was going to happen with them having this alone time with one another? Yes. It was definitely (laughs) being foreshadowed that there was a vibe, there was a thing, there was tension, all the usual tropes that go into the start of 
either a romance or a forbidden affair seemed like one or both were happening. Their writing process is very interesting because they would take jabs at each other. But one thing that I realized is Daisy could dish it, but she could not take it. She goes swimming in the freaking pool. I put in my notes, actually. I was like, so is she supposed to be a manic pixie girl that Billy is supposed to be falling in love with? Then you know that trope. She broke into Teddy's house. I'm like, this is your privilege right here that you had the audacity (laughs) to find his hide a key and just break into his house. He said, go somewhere. He didn't say, go to my house. Exactly. But I guess make yourself at home, ma'am. But I don't know. Again, I think it was, you know, a vibe more so than just physical between Daisy and Billy. It was a connection. Chemistry. Chemistry. She decided to throw out a truce and say, we don't have to be friends, but we don't have to be strangers. And he pretty much called her out on her addiction. Like most addicts, she claimed that she can drop a cold turkey today, throwing out her pills. Again, they they get into the writing process of Daisy calling out Billy. You write songs based off who you wish you were, not who you are. He also finds out that Daisy's parents are awful people. And he's like, someone did a number on you because you're broken. That was heavy, Ashley. She did such a good acting job in that scene to me, Riley did, because I saw the pain in her eyes when he said that to her. And he just didn't know how much of a low blow that was for her, right? Like to him, I think to him, that's not even an insult. That's just a reality that he feels like he lives with and it is what it is. And he's basically saying like, I'm acknowledging you're the same as me. And she's like, that's the biggest insult you could have possibly leveled (laughs) my way. Like I'm not some damaged person. I've been through some shit, but I am not, I'm not the product of my pain, essentially. Mm. They are able to produce, let me down. Don't you let me down, let me down, let me down easy. Oh, I I really did enjoy these songs throughout Mm -hmm. the series. Some good ones. Again, Daisy calling him out. Why are you so obsessed with your wife? Do you not (laughs) think you're not good enough for her? My question to you, Ashley, is when it comes to Billy and his control issues, whether it's control over the band, do you think Billy control issues are due to his addiction? Because I feel like he uses his guilt to stay sober. No, I think that was a part of his personality prior to being an addict. He was that way from the start. Mm. But I do think that it didn't help right i think that the circumstances that he found himself in after he became an addict made him affected him internally in ways that he didn't really um process or work through so then that bled out in other ways in his relationships around him and with his relationship Mm. with himself because i think he started to become like self-loathing in certain ways yes i agree I see that as well. The other significant event of this episode would be the interaction between Karen and Graham. So at the blackout party, Graham decided to make a move and Karen turned him down gently. Or 
she just turned him down i don't know if it's gently or not poor grandma his romantic heart it was gently some women can be brutal with their word choices when it comes to true saying no i shouldn't just say women some people true can be brutal she gave him the old school it's not me it's not you it's me it's not it's not not you it's me you're a great person but you just don't do it for me that's the unspoken part and at the end of the day had they had more discussions early on about their differences maybe graham would have realized sooner why karen is probably correct in them not being together but you live and you learn yeah and at the end of that party he meets a cute blonde girl named caroline who's a med student and finds graham insanely hot they go on this beach trip where he wants to teach caroline how to surf but of course she doesn't want to but karen certainly decides to volunteer as tribute (laughs) and she decides to make her move ask him when they get back to walk her to the door i put walk me to the door my ass (laughs) i knew karen was up to no good when the girl was like oh and he's hot and she's like what do you see in him poor caroline who when did she leave like they never came back outside did y'all really just had that girl waiting in the car to figure out that y'all weren't coming back that was played but i mean she is with a rock and roller they do crazy things like that right yes i mean if that's the excuse y'all want to give for treating people like shit that karma ain't gonna leave your ass though graham just so you know (laughs) it's not okay but i'm just gonna go ahead and say it now i am team graham because i feel like karen could have let him alone she knew he was available and she probably was lonely she knew she had the power yes over him she Yes. In that dynamic, she had the power. Toxic AF with the way she Thank handled you. it, for sure. I'm not just putting it on Graham. I think that was shady and dirty of yes. both of them. Like, Thank you. It was just played. I don't have any issues with Graham in general, but in that scene, no. that was played. Oh, for sure. Episode six. This is the episode where a lot of the band members' testimony they're they're leaning towards a narrative that something is up between daisy and billy because one minute they're fighting like cats and dogs and the next they're giggling like two little schoolgirls. they have this level of connection to where when daisy asks for the sound to sound more swampy billy's able to interpret it teddy is so happy with the progress of the songwriting and the songs that he calls rolling stone they start being followed by them for an article what we find out in this episode is there's a lot of coded messaging between billy and daisy with some of these songs coded (laughs) (laughs) blatant they finally have a heart to heart in one of the writing sessions where She opens up about her name change and he tells her that she made Honeycomb better. You make everything better. Jesus. They ask, what are we doing? 
And, you know, the way Billy scoffs it off, like, oh, this is part of our process. He was absolutely gaslighting her. Was he not? Gaslighting, I wouldn't say, but I would say that he knew he had feelings that he was denying, but he should be denying them. You're a married man. Yeah. I, this gets so complicated for me with their relationship because I understand, like I said before, music is powerful. I know how connected I feel to people when we just have the same taste and bond over music. One of my love languages is sending people songs and receiving songs, let alone creating the music together. But what I always say about temptation is you can either lean in or you can lean out. I need a Billy to lean his ass all the way out. It got so serious that he makes it to Daisy's hotel room and he decides not to go in because he claims he didn't want to be tempted by the drugs and alcohol. And she's like, no, he didn't want to be tempted by me. Exactly. Take your ass home. She w- she felt rejected and went on a binger. She didn't even show up to the next day for recording. Billy was pissed. He wrote a song about it. She was not feeling it. And to get her motivated, he kissed her. Ashley, they never kissed in the book. Mm. 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 That's the part the book had it right in. Because the fact that he ever had any physical interaction with her is why Billy is forever on my shit list when <laughs> with this Got it. situation. Like the flirtation, the the feeling something, you can't always help your feelings, whatever. Don't mean you need to be putting your mouth on that woman. I put it in my notes. I'm like, so this story is basically about a disgruntled work wife. Got it. <laughs> if that's how work wives get down, I guess I've been playing my roles wrong when I was in the office. I'm joking. But you know what it's like to have a work wife, work husband. Yes, for sure. Relationship. For sure. For sure. Never cross such boundaries, but absolutely. Never, never. Man, again, this level of rejection got really deep because Billy and Daisy told Rolling Stones stories about each other that they did not want to see the light of day. Billy and his too coked up to show up. I'm like, who wrote that? Who wrote that? Yikes. It's a mess. They were, it was definitely the war of words between the two of them in a very public forum. Mm-hmm. They finished the album, which included songs Fun to Miss and Regret You. And they have completed Aurora. They have three weeks for rehearsal and they have a photo shoot where they continue to fight. Camilla's there. And she captures the photo of toxic, obviously sexual tension between the two of them, Daisy and, and Billy. The Was fact she told- that Daisy had the audacity to be upset that he brought his wife, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh. The audacity. <laughs> 
it was pretty intense, Ashley. But ultimately, even after all that, Camilla got the shot. She got the best photo from that day. And she told him, we used to fight like that. And if you love her, it's the end of us. I've heard that is something, that's a line that I've heard so many times in projects that we used to fight like that. We used to have that passion. I've never fought in these ways with a partner. Is this a thing or is it just something in like media? (laughs) I think it's in media. I think it's in media and in women who are of the spanish italian persuasion right like (laughs) oh she's feisty and we're passionate lovers and whatever whatever and it's like okay you can keep it some folks in my house some folks would try to put black women on that list as well for sure they would yeah but i just i i have never gravitated towards that when people have said it oh we used to fight this this and that like that's not my love that's not the way i love want to be loved or want to love personally so no, not not at all. I'm with you, Ashley. Daisy gets on a plane and goes to Greece. Should Billy take some responsibility in Daisy's antics? Responsibility? No. Um, should he consider the error of his ways? Yes. Mm. Like responsibility is a big word because what does that mean in terms of what? How? Like- how? Would, would he be surprised that she left up and left right like like if i had the means i would up and leave too if i felt dejected well the thing is too is uh, how long have they really known each other like he don't know what date what daisy's capable of he don't really know her like that just because y'all have a connection there's chemistry and you know some things about her childhood you don't know her True. you haven't spent years around her to True. know her patterns of behavior so he couldn't have called that she would up and run out of the country, but it it falls in in line with the Daisy that I've seen so far, personally. <laughs> and I didn't care that she was gone. Interesting. Before we go on to the next episode, Camilla, as I mentioned, was starting to feel iced out. Billy in the first tour, first album with the six was very big on letting her in on the writing process but with this one with daisy he kept it to himself she felt so lonely that they alluded that she had something going on with eddie oh she did (laughs) (laughs) and camilla i'm not gonna lie revenge (laughs) (laughs) vengeance will be mine (laughs) looking back watching it a second time watching Eddie's character too, you see it immediately. Like before I didn't catch up on it because guess what? It didn't happen in the book. Mm. So they added this flavor and this level of complexity for the show. And I knew Eddie was always the Eeyore of the group, right? But it just made his character more complex for sure. He wanted to be Billy so bad. So bad. That was unfortunate for him. So bad. Episode seven. Daisy is in Greece living her best life. We get a chance to go to New York to see what's going on with Simone. What I do enjoy about this story is we are in the 70s. We are talking about this rock and roll moment, but they also take time to highlight the 
the immersion of disco and Simone represents that and she represents the queer community as well and Mm -hmm. I thought they did an amazing job highlighting her relationship with Bernie Simone was out here working four shows a night I said Simone deserved a spinoff I loved Simone she has such a great way of maneuvering through all these situations like she has such grace Yes. About her, even in her relationship and how she navigated her friendship with Daisy. And I just love and wish I had more about her entire story. So mm. if this writer is listening, I'm going to need you to do a spinoff for Simone. Thank you so much. <laughs> she finally got to the point where she was meeting with execs to press her records. But she gets a telegraph from Daisy that simply said, I need you. And sis dropped everything to go to freaking Greece. I was like, is Simone the magical Negro mm. in this story? Yes. Yes. You drop everything. Yes. They do have her playing that role, but at the same time, she is a one. I mean, that's a great friend. Yeah, like that's, it, that's family. Is. That's yeah. family, you know what I'm saying? And and she also knows Daisy doesn't have that. So, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and it was so vague. And so when she actually gets to Hydra Greece and realizes that Daisy is not destitute in jail, she's like, I brought bail money because I didn't know what that message meant. Daisy out here about to marry a prince, an Irish prince. I have to say, Daisy looked healthy, healthier in Greece she did she she still was using (laughs) but she did seem happier we find out a little bit more about Nikki Fitzpatrick as I mentioned he comes from a long line of monarchs that goes back to the 13th century unfortunately his parents died in an accident two years ago so apparently him meeting Daisy has brought new life into him according to his friends I put in my notes, when love is so new and so hot, you only show each other your best selves. We've had this conversation so many times. How can you possibly love someone, want to marry that person when you've only spent a very small amount of time with them? I know some people say they was love at first sight with people and they've been together for ever and ever and ever. I don't think for the majority of people it works that way. So, yeah, it seemed very spontaneous and very reactionary on Daisy's part. Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes, though, talking to the friends was when someone said, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. I thought that was deep. Nikki said that. (laughs) Nikki had a couple good lines. Nikki said, it's difficult to dis- to distinguish between a soulmate and a mirror. That was a hell of a line. I have that one. I have that too. Hell that was line. really good. Mm-hmm. When did you know that Nikki was a shady bitch? The whole Simone situation and yes, him trying to get in between that relationship and that friendship because she was speaking truth about the situation yep it's so funny because it's like he seems so perfect but then he starts needling and i'm like "Mm, this doesn't feel right he was the prince from frozen 
lock yes. your ass in that room. <laughs> let you freeze to death. Ain't that the truth? He gets into Daisy's head and convince her that Simone is in love with her. And when Daisy throws that in Simone's face, when she called her a selfish bitch, I put in my notes, finally, finally, someone said it. That right there. And it's just, it was such arrogance on her part. It was such privilege on her part. The way she was talking to Simone, stay another week. You're not as fun as you used to be. All this bull. I was like, oh, no. See, that's why me and Daisy, I could, I, mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) I would have cussed you out so fast. (laughs) No. But yeah, Daisy was ready to leave it all behind based off of her interaction with Billy. But Nikki somehow convinced her using Simone's language (laughs) and arguments that your need to connect is more important than dealing with Billy Dunn. And so she heads back to California. Episode eight. Daisy has been gone so long. The band didn't know when she was coming back. So they were getting ready for the tour without her. Did you feel like it was a lot of audacity for her to show up and start changing things? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they obviously deserved more of an explanation because at this point we are grouped together and so where's the respect and responsibility of being like hey I'm so sorry I I needed a minute whatever but again it's difficult because Daisy is so good it's difficult to uh not give in to what she wants right now they want everything separate from tour buses which does make sense in terms of Billy's sobriety I'm not gonna lie yes they even want to be on different floors with sweets. Billy is a little jealous of Daisy's husband, though. Did you catch? Did you peep that? We know that it's not a one-sided <laughs> infatuation, and at the same time, I'll be thinking like, "You just picked this dude up off the streets. Like, you were gone for a month, and you come back with a whole husband." So a whole entire husband. They go on tour, and Daisy starts using. A lot more than normal in her performances and Billy is noticing it but of course he's afraid to say something because of their convoluted relationship he even tries to connect with Nikki about this and they end up getting a freaking fight (laughs) I love that uh one dude the drummer held him back like nah go ahead and let them fight that out yeah cute by the way that was my guy yeah that was my guy just his general overall attitude and everything that was my guy absolutely like dude i was so high (laughs) yeah he never wore a shirt don't know if you noticed that yeah he was living (laughs) his best life best life um and part of that fight too is you know nikki saw the performance and he was uneasy with Billy and Daisy's connection that press conference was something else because again having a fight with one another talking indirectly the band ain't getting no love I do have in my notes I'm like I wonder if Brad Pitt was this torn on the set of Mr. and Mrs. (laughs) (laughs) no I think (laughs) I think they leaned all the way in Oh my, 
Oh my. Um, I didn't talk about this before, but Karen wanted to keep Graham a secret because her reasoning was she didn't want to be the girlfriend and get overshadowed by her relationship with Graham. He respected her. But did you believe that those reasons? I did. I did, actually. I believed it because especially given the era and the time and the fact that it was significant that she was a woman in this group and all of that. Yep. I totally believed it. And I appreciated that Graham was like, okay, well, we never had to speak about this again. Yeah. And in this episode, they come out to the band. It's the end of this episode where it gets pretty sad. Nikki and Daisy go hard. And if it wasn't for Billy knocking on the door, who knows where Daisy would be? Dead. He left her for dead. So I say he is the prince from freaking Frozen. In episode nine, the fact that Nikki shows up the next morning and acted like nothing happened, talking about I'm calling for breakfast. And the only way she was able to get the truth was to ask Billy. But like he was blatantly trying to block her from discovering this. It was so gross. It was so disturbing. I don't under, I can't even reason that line of thinking, Ashley. Like, what was his motives being with her in the first place? I think the reason why he, the first time I watched it, I thought the reason why he said he couldn't be there was because of his status and his, him, his family. Right. Second time I watched it, I thought it was because of the fact that when they had that conversation about how he has now had to deal mentally with his parents' death, it's like, I only focus on the positive. I only live up here. I don't live down here. It t- The second time I was like, it's mental for him. It's like, oh, this is too real. This is too, I can't be here He for was this. enabling her though. It's not an excuse whatsoever. I just think he thought that she could handle it. I think he thought these excesses they had been living in with drugs, he may not have known that Daisy doesn't go this hard because again they barely freaking know each other but he was clearly a horrible influence and a horrible person horrible person and she kicks him out and he had the nerve to lift his hand towards her the way band came in they were like what you're not gonna do is put a hand on her yes trash bag talking about that you'll regret this get the out of here it's not security where is security this shook up daisy a lot and i put in my notes she's california sober right like she's not completely off of it but she is definitely not i've heard that before who i feel like demi lovato or somebody who said that before called themselves california sober i didn't even know that was a thing oh yes i don't do anything but you still drink and do weed that's still something (laughs) (laughs) they are booked on snl ashley this is they are really in the stratosphere right daisy doesn't have her pills but and she's nervous but they manage to perform just fine teddy gets sick and goes to the hospital Uh, this is hard because we know that teddy is father figure to billy in the book teddy dies Mm. at this point wow and so i thought it was an interesting choice that he was able to recover teddy is also an overweight ugly british man in the book too 
He's Quincy so, Jones in this series. Thank you very much. The fact that I like immediately picked up Quincy Jones vibes from Tom Wright's performance. I was like, I'm here for it mm-hmm. because Quincy Jones is that dude. Frank Sinatra to Michael Jackson. I we're going to have to recap his documentary because this is one of the most inspirational thing I have ever, ever watched. It's good. So this episode was a freaking pressure cooker. Ashley, Karen finds out that she's pregnant. I let that breathe. Doesn't want kids ever. Daisy makes up in her mind that she wants Billy. Oof, the struggle, the struggle. Guys, I promise I try my best with these projects to treat them as if they're real people, right? And understand that we are complex we are human, but how are you going to sit up in this man's wife's face and play with their child, girl? but decide that you, that needs to be your man? <laughs> I, ooh, the and struggle. again, the overtures that they made in the show that was not in the book was just something that really caught me off guard because she, she has this stolen moment with Billy in his house <laughs> or his mother's. House yes his mother's house basically say like oh i want us to be together in 25 years and he's like yeah making songs she's like no more and he's like yeah but i have a wife (laughs) i just this was the point it started to bother me about camilla saying at one point once you start love once you love daisy then this is over because for me it was like it left too much room. It left too much room, right? You Do you love her? Do you love Camilla? Do you love both of them? Where is your heart right now? And the fact that you agree with her and said, I want that too. What is happening? Yeah. What is happening, Billy? And talking about that's my wife. I will never leave her. Never. What? This is a, this is a real life conversation. Are you just with her at this point out of obligation? Could you have been a rock and roll wife? Hail to the no. Because I feel like Camilla gives Billy a long runway. She's a saint. (laughs) She's a saint. Again, so easy to say what we would and would not do in these circumstances. But even just the way she handles it thereafter. One thing I want to say about this series real quick is that I appreciate that even in Camilla's anger about Billy and and Daisy, they never had it where it was woman on woman arguing and clashing. She always addressed it with Billy, her husband. he's the source. Exactly. But in so often you see, even in real life, you're going to go after that woman, not after the man who has pledged his loyalty to you in marriage. Yep. So I did appreciate that. Let's go ahead and get into episode 10. Girl, I think this is like Emmy worthy for sure. Like they're submitting for award season. And I think Riley should get something. I think Sam should get something. And I think this episode alone could, you know, get them best miniseries. You know what I mean? The way they were weaving in and out of this final performance, 
and all <laughs> the stuff that was hitting the fan at the same damn time was just Sam's not gonna win any Emmys over the cast of Succession though but yeah mini series if it's if it's do, are they in the same acting category still though for no. best act okay so they do separate that never mind they do never mind so I don't even know where to start Ashley <laughs> I like how they did this with the time. Yeah. Slicing up by time. Yep. Yep. Let's start. Let's start with Daisy's outfit for this final performance. It was fire. Like (laughs) it was peak 70s rock and roll. Like this is when I knew this series was going to be everything when I saw it in the trailer. I was like, oh, this is about to be fire. Let's start with the hard stuff here. Karen gets in abortion and she tells Graham about it what I will say to this is she definitely speaks to the my body my choice I feel like there was an opportunity to have better communication between Karen and Graham because this didn't feel right in my soul how this went down I believe in having choice and I believe that Karen has always wanted the freedom the travel the rock and roll and Graham comes from middle America, <laughs> you know, corn fed, literally Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. wanting the white picket fence and 2.5 children. It's tough. It's tough. I felt bad for Graham to not be able to have what I know that he wanted to have with Karen, but at the same time, time I understand her choice and I understand why she may have felt like had she talked to Graham further or had he come it may not have gone well I think what it is is I think she would have still gone through with it but I think she didn't want to give him any hope on being with her and throwing away his dreams and well, so but, when I say go well, I think she would have definitely still gone through with the procedure. I mean, gone well in terms of their dynamic. Got it. Got it. Billy can't tell his wife that he doesn't love Daisy. <laughs> and Camilla decides to leave, rightfully so. Eddie sees Billy and tells him he's quitting the band. And in the process of telling him, He's quitting the band. He told him that he tapped that. <laughs> he also felt like his moment was stolen away from him when Billy did the encore in their hometown of Pittsburgh. You know, when it comes to Eddie, again, Eeyore of the group, he just seems so like nothing was ever going to make him happy. And I do feel like some of it was out of jealousy for sure. I think that he had a valid point when it came to the Pittsburgh show. Because I do think when I said before that Billy was missing a sensitivity chip, this is one of the things that I mean. He didn't, he wasn't considerate of anybody else in the band. He never had been though. So it shouldn't really have been much of a surprise. But at some point in that argument they had, I agree with with Billy that you're deciding like, you know that whole saying, like, you have to at some point come to terms with 
or take responsibility for your own suffering, like the role you play in your own suffering. That's what Eddie was not doing. If you hate the role you're playing so much, if you feel like you're the star and you're being put on the back burner, leave, start your own band, do your own thing. Sitting back and just complaining is not doing you or anybody else any good. But he did have a point about that Pittsburgh show. You know, I didn't think that much about it, but I appreciate your point of view on that, especially with the sensitivity chip. Mm-hmm. The final performance, Simone joins them on stage. That brought me joy. It was like a culminating moment. Finally, Daisy does something for Simone. <laughs> right? Because Simone was the one who got her introduced to Teddy. She let her stay with her everything. At her house. Yes. So true. So true. Billy relapses. That doesn't happen in the book, mm-hmm. but it does in this show. And I think, I again, I feel like there's a lot of nuance that happens in the books because it's solely the testimony of the people talking. Whereas, you know, in the television medium, you have more to take in, right? Yep. Did you feel like this was inevitable for him? I didn't know. I didn't know. He had been doing so well that I thought, hey, maybe he's really one that's going to kick it and be able to stay sober. Given the choices he was making, it didn't feel great for his sobriety because you're making choices that are making your life very messy and ruining the most important relationships to you. So what is that going to make you want to do? Billy and Daisy are making overtures on stage when she was licking the microphone. I was like, are we really doing this? Did he forget that he invited his wife to the show? Begging her to forgive him. There's a heart to heart at the end when Daisy let him go between Billy and Cammie because Camilla was also known as Cammie in the show about the relationship. And what's interesting because in the book, it's Camilla and Daisy. Camilla tells Daisy to leave the band and go to rehab and everything's going to be all right. But in the show, we have Billy and Camilla talking through the relationship, deciding to give it another go. And at the end, we have Simone and Daisy. Simone telling Daisy to go to rehab. And the part that made me really sad was when Daisy said... I really like this family. And she was sad to see them go. The biggest revelation of the series is that it is Julia, who is a documentarian of this story. Did it surprise you that it took someone close to the band to get them to tell their side of the story? It didn't it didn't end up surprising me that it that it had to be somebody close that made sense. But I was disappointed, if I'm honest. Really? Yes, I was disappointed because then I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting the rawest version of their interviews that I could have gotten because you're going to subdue the rawness a little bit because of who the documentarian is. And given that it is Julia, I'm like, how much more salacious? Obviously, we get a chance to see the reality of certain times and events. But I really was like, that's why at certain points it felt like y'all were holding stuff back and all this because you're speaking to the child of, of the group. So that, I was disappointed, I'm on, if I'm honest. I have several questions about the 
interviews that I need to know. Who had the best interviews for you? I don't think I really thought about it about who was the best because it wove together so well between everybody. Um, But Daisy always seemed like she was giving it a little bit more spice with some of her answers with the way that they edited it around some of her looks and some of her things she had to say. Like even the point where she said, this is the first time I didn't want to do drugs. I didn't want to drink. I knew exactly what I wanted, right? (laughs) Spicy. Who was the most reliable or source of truth and who was unreliable for you? Again, everybody became unreliable once I realized who they were talking to. (laughs) You're not going to be, let's just be honest. Like y'all have a a respect and you know, you will want to not, I mean, you will want to be honest, but I, again, it would be totally different if it was somebody who was not Julia and uh, the person who, again, to me, seemed like they were probably given the most raw. I can't even say that necessarily was Daisy, though. It was probably one of the outlier characters, like Eddie or one of them maybe who didn't have as much invested. Because I do think that Daisy still had love for Julia um, mm-hmm. that some of the other band members didn't necessarily have. So for me, I like Graham the most. I felt like his story was probably the most reliable Because Karen was not at points of the story and definitely not Eddie. Eddie is probably the one I found the least reliable in terms of his accounts because it was so shrouded in with a self-grandeur and jealousy and anger that I'm just like, sir. Um, but Warren was a lot of fun too because he always had the biggest smile like he was Eddie and he also was like yeah I did drugs and um I married this hot actress and you know he was just a joy stories Yeah. yeah just a joy and man, I tell you what, when he had that conversation with Eddie about why are you so yes. unhappy because you're in the biggest band in the world and all this. And he said, I think I may want a little bit more out of life than you. I was like, shit, I need to do it Warren's way, not your way, because <laughs> clearly Warren is doing it right. Exactly. All right, Ashley, at the very end of the series, we find out that Camilla has passed on uh, due to cancer. But before she went on to glory, she gave Billy a hall pass. She's a saint. To reconnect with Daisy. Ashley, two things. Do you think there's more to this story for it to warrant another season? And what are your overall final thoughts on Daisy and the Six? I do not hope that there's more to this story. There may be, but I don't hope that there is because I think this was very concise. I think it ended with a mystery that's left up to the audience to kind of figure out and decide for themselves. Y'all yes. know, usually I am a big fan of continuations, but I think this felt like a cohesive, done story. I agree. I already told y'all, anything I hope for is Simone. If y'all want to do a second season, it's Simone series. Cool. I'm with y'all. I'm down for y'all. And then what was your second question? Final thoughts. Final thoughts, like I said, very compelling series. Music moved me more than I expected it to. Complicated characters. It's not as black and white as even I am describing it when I'm talking it through, given the emotions I had, because I really did feel a connection and empathy and and 
my heart pulled in different ways for a lot of these things and through a lot of this that was going on because it was complicated. I wish that Camilla had not died. That just felt so sad to me because Camilla had been, like I said, the heart of the group, the heart of the show to a certain extent. She put up with so much. I hate that she had to be the one to pass away. Um, after all of that, like, I just wanted to see her live happily ever after. I wish I got a better sense of what Billy did following the demise of the group. I don't remember them saying what he Billy was successful. Did. He wrote okay. more songs and okay. Yeah. I don't remember them saying in the series, everybody else did, but I was like, what Billy, they, yeah, he got back with his family, but what about his career? So I appreciate that. Um, and I'm not rooting for Billy and Daisy. I'm sorry. my final thoughts for the series is i really felt like graham and camilla were the real mvps of the series i mean the fact that graham it was his idea to create the man he kept them afloat when billy was in rehab again one of the most reliable um of all the uh, people interviewed my my heart goes out to him Overall, Billy, (laughs) again, it took him in this series for me to really feel like he was grinding my gears. Because again, by the second time I watched it, I'm just like, so you're using this woman who is younger than you. You're toying with this chemistry, but you're like, oh, it's for the music. It's nothing in real life. It's just pretend. I'm like, this is dangerous, sir. Yeah. I wish I had felt a little bit more compassion for Daisy, but I'm like, I could see if he were available and he's treating you like this. What were your hopes and expectations when you start falling in love with a married man? And I have to say, and I told you this when we talked about it, when the show first dropped in the very beginning, they made Daisy palatable because Daisy is rough and grungy and she does things like that rolling stone is a huge plot twist in Mm. the story in in the book Mm. and i was like this bitch (laughs) 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 i'm not talking about somebody's drug use and child and not being interacting with their child and it wasn't in the book that article went out and then Billy did something after it wasn't even in the same article. So the fact mm-hmm. that they put it all together made it, I, I, I feel like the impact wasn't as, as hard as it was when, when, you know, going through the, the novel, but well done uh, from everything to the writing, the songwriting, the makeup, the hair, the costumes. It was it was a pretty immersive experience. And I have been listening to Aurora on Apple Music this whole week in preparation for this recap. So yeah, it was a fun ride. If there's nothing else, Ashley, time for Hidden Gems. All right. I have three and one of them is a shared one between us. So let's start with that one. That is Selling Sunset Season six i did not think i was going to continue with this series once uh the new cast members were announced because i was like oh y'all are not taking this ish seriously at all anymore like what is nick cannon's baby mama got to do with real estate you know what i'm saying so i was really like uh 
this has been my show, but y'all, it's just really just reality now. It has nothing to do with anything. But I did because Chrishell was promoting heavy. I'm like, yo, I'm still. It's Saturday. Let's go ahead and binge it. And I binge it hard. <laughs> yeah. And quick. And I can say I'm still firmly team Chrishell. So. Really? Because yes. I have to say, it's my hidden gem too. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Not really. But. I finally thought that they were really not covering her as much in the beginning. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's looking a little raw. She's out here dropping curse words at people. First, first blow, not even a return, you know? And I'm here for the more raw Chriselle. I used to get frustrated with the dynamic between her and Christine because I hated Christine. Like I thought Christine was a master manipulator and very two-faced and you want to play the devil and the angel. You want to be the villain and the victim. And I just couldn't get down with that dynamic. Actually gaslighting everybody. Yeah. And so after all these seasons and all this time and spending time with her, like, I don't mind you standing up for yourself, especially did you see her post on Instagram? No. So once you finish the series, go back and look at her post on Instagram. And I'm like, I see why you came with the heat the way that you did. Because mm. you got set up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, uh-uh. So, yeah. I will say this. Um, I didn't finish it. But I again, it's been a joy. I'm a little disappointed on how plastic they're looking. It's like they're in Barbie, the movie that's coming out. That's how a lot of them are looking literally with their lips <laughs> and their boobs and these outfits. It's like season one, they were cute, but now you got people wearing belts and calling it a skirt. Like, I don't know. That's what's why I happening. said this was this was very once the cast was announced, I was like, oh, we're not serious at all about what this <laughs> show was originally conceived to be, because now y'all all have stylists. Like even Mary, yes. and I used to criticize. I said, "What forever twenty one does Mary Girl. go to on a regular basis?" Mary is wearing top tier designers this she season. Is. She's trying to keep up with her husband. You know, I know it's almost like the Kardashians. Season one to where they are now, it's like different people. When you're on TV for this long, when you're under scrutiny for this long, I don't know what that does to you in terms of all this, but also the production value increases the more successful y'all become too, right? So then things change in that regard, personality, you know, and this cast, not like any of these casts are not, you know, all little personalities and in their own right and want their own look and attire and all that. Right. Chelsea this season though. I'm so glad Christine is not around anymore because I feel like I got a better sense of Chelsea than I did previously. I hated that they put the black girl with uh, Christine. I was like, really? They put all minorities her- with Christine. Remember her up to fail. The, Amanda- the one lady from Mexico as well. Yes. Yeah, not Amanda because Amanda came in as an enemy because she was best friends right. with Mary. But yeah, that's right. they were that's setting right. up the women of color each season. That was a big criticism I had there for those couple yeah. of seasons. I was like, why are the women of color on the wrong side when they come into Immediately. the show? Yeah. Right. Start them off on the wrong foot. Mm. So... Anyway, guys, check out Sewing Sunset Season 6 on Netflix. My second hidden gem is 
uh, a novel. It is the second uh, from Sonny Hawson's Summer on the Bluff series. And this is Summer on Sag Harbor. I got it over the weekend after a long wait. And I'm about halfway through. This one is much more focused than the first book because it's following the life of one central character versus the family dynamic you had in the first book. I'm invested in the story. I think I'm so used to watching series and stuff now. I'm like, wait, I need a recap. Like, I need to remember <laughs> what happened from first book. But I'm still, I'm still, I'm with it. I got it. We're good. I will say the writing is a little bit rough in a couple sections in terms of the flow. Yeah. But it, it's still enjoyable. Like, it's not like Fifty Shades where it became super redundant. And I was like, oh okay, let me just skip to the end. What's oh. going to happen? Any it's so of funny that. Because, like, in my book journey, I realized, like, there's good books in terms of story and really good writing. Yes. And then sometimes it magic happens when both collide. <laughs> And those become my favorite authors and I consume every single one of their books. Yes, yes, yes. Because everybody is a freaking debut novelist and you get through their books and you're just like, okay. (laughs) Now I have to credit Sunny and the team she works with and the other writer who helped her craft this. That again, the story is there. Like I'm enjoying this, especially for the history. Like I'm not a, didn't grow up as an affluent black person where I summered in these places so just getting to know more of the history of the black communities that have lived in these spaces and she even dedicated this book to the unofficial mayor of sac the real unofficial mayor of sac harbor which is awesome you know what i'm saying so i appreciate it because i get to see uh some things that i would not have necessarily known about otherwise too love that love yeah that. and my um last hidden gem is exo kitty on netflix we love jenny Hahn on this podcast guys we have recapped the summer I turned pretty. We have recapped all the boys I loved before film Hopefully. series. And yep. so when I saw this, I was I got excited. I was like, oh, it's Kitty's yeah, turn to find love. List. That's so cute because Kitty was always the little matchmaker yes, uh, previously. And this one focuses on Kitty going to Seal for her junior year to her mother's alma mater. It's just so cute. It's very Gen Z. I'll say Is that. It? Yes. But it's very busy, but it's good. Like, I am super curious to see what they're going to do with season two, because there's a lot in the air. Like, there's a lot going on, especially in Kitty's little love life that's kind of like around so i want i want to see how they flesh it out but i enjoyed like the cast i thought the actors um did a great job the young actors and just traveling you know what i'm saying we love a good time to get out and see some things and just her going abroad and all that was dope so i enjoyed it and seeing this little actress kind of come into this we saw her as a baby <laughs> the yeah. way I the way I remember it, not literally, but just a little kid. Yeah. Onto all the boys I love before. So to see her growing up and she's such a beautiful young woman. Uh I just loved it. So it, it just brought a smile to my face as I binged this series. I have to say, I had it on my list, but I didn't know it was gonna be a series. I thought it was gonna yes. be a movie. And nope. so when I saw it was a series, I was like, This is great. It's so, so cute. Um I it's on my list. I'll probably watch it. Um, hopefully around this weekend since we have a long weekend so those are my hidden gems Delora what about you 
All right. So I have two. The first you've mentioned, Selling Sunset Season 6. And a novel is called The Roughest Draft by Austin Sigmund Brooka and Emily Waberly. They're a husband and wife duo who write novels. I read this book last year. This book on Goodreads is it's like around a 3.6 or so. I love going to Goodreads. That should be a hidden gem too, because um, basically if there's a novel um, that I want to read based off of like social media, I'll go and see what the consensus is. And if it, the rating's lower than like 3.5, I don't really pick it up. <laughs> it's like, it's probably not worth my time. I can't say I always agree with the ratings because sometimes I'm not going to lie. I feel like for people of color books, I I don't feel like they get as much love as they probably should. Mm. I'm just going to throw that out there. But anyway, I picked this novel in particular because it's about a man and woman writing duo. So it's a very bookish book. So it's about people within the, you know, book industry. How many times did I say book in that sentence? <laughs> um, and the man is married, the woman's single, and they write this novel together and they ha- they go in this condo in Florida for some type of writing retreat. They have what I feel like Daisy and Billy had. They were communicating to each other through their work. And of course he's married, so he's unavailable. And so... Um, it's a dual timeline too, because what it is, is they're coming back together after the success of their first novel. And she didn't want to do it again because of the emotional hurt of like, is this due for real or nah? <laughs> but now he's divorced and, you know, does she even want to go into that situation after all the rumors from their first book so it's a fascinating read yeah it's a 3.63 so it's it's good it's well written the story is interesting I think it does miss a little bit of a pop to it but I I, you know I'll recommend it contemporary romance fiction um and that's all I have today Ashley Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so, so much. We hope that you have a great day and a great continued week, and we will see you back next time for Hot Topics and Headlines. Be blessed.